Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. You know, Vince, we've been doing this show for a long time. And so, a long time. Sometimes it feels like, you know, we're an old married couple. An old married couple like we'll never part. Yeah, we were committed until the end. Until death do us part, some may say. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Maura's not going to like that, huh? Ah, well. <laughs> you put a ring on it. She did not. <laughs> we are drinking a beer. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We are drinking a beer that's literally called Till Death. I'm on the record. I need to say I'm kidding again. <laughs> Let's get back to the topic at hand. So we're Love drinking it. a beer called Till Death. It's from our friends at Old Irving Brewing right here in Chicago. Ironic because season two was brought to life by that same brewery with Beezer. That's right. Episode 41 to kick off season two. Fantastic beer. One that I recently retried and still enjoyed. This is one I've never had. I've never had this one either. It's a Pilsner, correct? That's right. Pilsner. uh, 4.9%. The description is that it's brewed with high-quality Pilsner malt and hopped with Noble Hops Saz. I want to get this right. Uh, Holler Tower, Mittelfro, and Tetning. I think that's right. That's what it maybe, says online. Yeah, maybe Holler Tower. Holler yeah. Tower, Yeah. I don't know. Dude, this is that's better than better than what I would have done. This feels very German, but the most important thing is why is it called Till Death, Vince? This actually does have a matrimonial tie. It was made in 2018 to celebrate the head brewer Trevor's marriage with his lovely wife Amanda. Oh, congratulations to them. Four years at this point. Yeah, four years of marriage. So uh, a beer with a, a sentimental value. And you know what? Till death. We're talking death. We've got some skeletons on the can here. It's spooky season. Yeah, come on. You're walking around. You're seeing all those skeletons. You're, you're, seeing, like you're seeing a lot of bones. Oh my god, no, no. Bones, no, bones, bad bones, bad, bones, bad, bones, bad, bones. Bad. We don't do that. When I say bones, you say bones, bones. bones. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> oh, now I'm ready to go. And if you're anything like me, you are blocking all 65-foot skeleton purchases from your Amazon. because. Did you have a problem with that? Back I, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, but I'm dating somebody who... Loves the spooky season. Loves the I, fall in general. I love spooky season as well, and we won't get too deep into this, but but yeah, I mean, this is the time of year where people are are starting to think about. Uh, I don't want to say death, but you know, just spookiness in general. The leaves are changing, and you know what? Uh, we've been through Old Irving's kind of tortured past, and, and how they've sort of risen a little bit from the ashes, and, right. and in memory of 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 their. Their fallen founder. It is worth reminding, though, that they are somewhat thematically tied to Washington Irving, who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And you can, if you go to the actual brewery, they have the quote that says, They who drink beer think beer. Hey. I can't get, I can't get any more aligned with that. What, like, all right, let's crack these. And as we crack these, let's think about the fact that all of these famous authors... And like real Renaissance men have quotes about beer. 
Yeah. That's something to think about. Cheers. Cheers. Till death. Till death. I almost said do us part. So this is a Pilsner, so it's not going to have a, a strong smell. I also meant to ask you, do you think 4.9 is high for a Pilsner? No, I don't consider that too high. I mean... I would expect it to come around 4.2, maybe 4.4. Well, okay. I, I traditionally have issues with Pilsners, but this is nice. Very smooth. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, most Pilsners have a pretty similar vibe to it, so we've discussed that in the past, but but yeah, I mean, I don't think 4.9 is, is too much to ask. That's a pretty... No, no, I'm and again, what, am I splitting hairs? Maybe a little bit, but, you yeah. know, I, I was thinking maybe a 4.2 to 4.4, 4. 4, so yeah, right. a little bit a little bit heavier. Right, but. Um, but to answer your question about authors and alcohol, I mean, there's a long history of the, the tortured writer... And his his bottle. Okay, speaking of the tortured writer and his bottle, I just recently watched the end of the tour. The tour. Um, the end of the tour is oh. the name. Oh, is that the one with uh, Jason Siegel? As he David plays David Foster, Foster Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> oh, yes, I've seen this movie. Yeah, well, I'm curious what you thought because there's a very specific point in time where. Jesse Eisenberg, who, by the way, I, personally, I think he's like, he is a bad American impersonation of Eddie Redmayne, in my personal opinion. <laughs> like, there's you seem Redmayne in that scenario, dude. There's just something off about both of them, but you don't know what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Eddie Redmayne, you look at him and you're like, I don't know. There, you, it, something's not. Something's they kind of right. seem like they both have like mild Aspergers. Maybe. Maybe I, I, don't, I don't. All I know is I've looked at I've looked at Eddie Redmayne and been like, I, I don't. You're off-putting, and Got as it. we know, Jesse Eisenberg has made a living of being off-putting. He was Mark Zuckerberg in the Social Network. Perfect. He's been this like Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Well, which Lex Luthor is him letting loose. Everyone else, every other character yeah. is him going. Oh yeah, you know, uh, I, I typically I, I don't do that, but I could do that for you because you're an attractive yeah, girl and you're showing he's attention just, to me it's, it's he's just nervously going through every role I yeah, yeah yeah and I, I don't love him truthfully and i don't love Reddy redmayne either but his character says it was the greatest conversation i've ever had and now having seen the conversation he's talking about i was like yeesh this is painful to watch do you know what i'm talking about like when they first interacted, yeah it's been a, it's been a while but you know the subtext of the film, David Foster Wallace committed suicide in yes. real life not too long after the events of the movie. Yeah. So it's a metaphorical and literal end of the tour for him. But, yeah, I mean, he's a, he was a complicated guy. And I would say that a lot of these famous writers, they seem to have a lot of complications. You know, Ernest Hemingway was another one. Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. So let's, um, let's yeah. break them up a little bit. Let's break them up a little bit. We're going to go deep into a place that you guys don't really expect from us. Outside of maybe our Hardcore literature. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk here. So we're drinking till death. We're enjoying it. It's right. nice and smooth, which honestly... I think that's all we can all hope for in death. We're not right. talking about the Brad Garrett sitcom. We are def- definitely not. 
<laughs> Shout out Brad Garrett, who's just crushing it in Jimmy John's commercials. Oh my god, he's Jimmy's so John's Tony Baloney, and also as the uh, the dung beetle in A Bug's Life. Don't forget about that. Yeah, performance. yeah. Brad Garrett, man, he's also like a huge poker player and just apparently a big sweetheart. Right, right. You ever see Brad Garrett? I don't know. Buy him a beer. See what happens. I'm sure he'll drink it. Yeah. Either way, we're talking here about literary geniuses, more or less. Let's talk Mark Twain. Let's talk Foster Wallace. Let's talk Emily Dickinson. Let's talk uh, Hemingway. Let's talk F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Well, have you seen the movie uh, Midnight in Paris? Yes, fantastic. Yeah. I would hope that you would go there, but I yep. didn't know if you would. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was prepared if you wouldn't. Now let's let's just put the English whole major. Let, let's just put the whole uh, Woody Allen of it all to the side because we all know he's a piece of shit. Sure. But, yeah. Um, the movie itself is very fascinating because it is about uh, Owen Wilson who's writing a, a novel. He's kind of having writer's block. He was in Paris. That's why it's called Midnight in Paris. And he goes on these walks, and he's transported into the Roaring Twenties, what's considered midnight. the Renaissance era of cultural Paris, if you will. When essentially all these American ingenues went over to Paris. Right. And so he gets to literally like have conversations with Ernest Hemingway, with uh, Gertrude Stein, with Picasso... With um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, you mentioned him already. His, his wife Zelda, right. who, who played by the played by Loki, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, he is not the wife. Yeah. So okay, interestingly enough, right. I I have to say that I can't think of a better actor for that than Mister Wow himself. Like, right. can you imagine? Wow. I just went out for a walk to try and figure out my relationship, and here you're right. Scott Fitzgerald, man. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. Now imagine if Luke Wilson was Where's there. Where's Hemingway? <laughs> no, we're not doing. We can't do it. We can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut it off, but we okay, can't. Fair. Either way, that's like kind of a happy-go-lucky story, which is interesting because many of these guys did not leave, lead happy-go-lucky lives. No. Right. I mean, let's see. Mark Twain really like great at. Turning a phrase, right? What, what one of his fa- most famous ones? Uh, go to heaven for the climate, hell for the company. Yeah. Right? really smart guy. Didn't seem all that happy, truthfully. Benjamin yeah. Franklin, not a writer, but what did he say? Beer is proof that God wants us to be happy. Yeah, we've got David Foster Wallace, who was just like so torn up about trying to fit in and and, and be extraordinary. But at the same time, yeah. be ordinary that he couldn't reconcile the two and drank himself like absolutely. Was it was it stoned. Henry David Thoreau that lived in the woods for like twenty years and then wrote a book about yes, it? Yes, Walden. Walden. Yes, I should I, know this. I wrote a paper about it back. Henry in the day. David Thoreau. And then there's you have uh, who's who's the guy that wrote? Uh, you have Dylan Thomas, the poet. Do not, Do not go, go gentle, gentle into, into that, that good night rage. Rage against the dying of the night. <laughs> we'll save everybody that one, right? Like, all of these guys write about such dark, dark stuff because that's what they're going through. Emily Dickinson, uh, Sylvia Plath. Complete recluse. Did, um, did yeah. Sylvia Plath put her head in an oven? Dude, I'm pretty sure she's going to be in the next Oceans reboot, <laughs> Sylvia Plath. <laughs> okay. 
right. All right. I don't know much about her. No, your your point is well taken. Wait, I mean, talking yeah. about like there's yeah. this this tortured genius type that that's there. We see it a little bit in a beautiful mind as well with Russell Crowe. Yeah. You know, I, I like. Is it possible to be a well-adjusted, brilliant individual? Unless I would say, and you know what, I'd I'd like to throw all athletic endeavors out on this. That seems to be a different character. You don't seem to have as much trouble unless you're Chris Marcus. Very interesting story. Seven foot two, went to Western Kentucky. Really shy guy. You can find him. Working in local grocery stores, yeah, uh, he cracked his foot like a dinner plate when he was playing at Western Kentucky. It's honestly the biggest argument against the NCAA that I've ever seen in my life. But the guy just started drinking because he couldn't handle the pressure of it, right? Sure. Very different. Well, I, I want to answer your question, and the most succinct way I can answer it is I think the themes are unmistakable, but I don't think it's impossible there's clearly people that are able to be well adjusted, um, Give me a decorated laureates. Uh, Albert Einstein seemed pretty content with himself. Albert Einstein slept maybe two, three hours a night. <laughs> but he wasn't depressed. He wasn't like thinking about. He didn't have time to be depressed. The guy was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Thomas Edison was. Thomas Edison was a fucking dick. <laughs> But he wasn't depressed. By all accounts, an absolute terrible person to be around. A megalomaniac. Fair fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think of other famous... I Actually, you, you mentioned Mark Twain. I have a, a funny Mark Twain personal anecdote. Let's have it. I did not meet the man. Well, let's have it and let's pour it into glass yeah. while we have it. Oh, God. Vince, you're getting good at this. Thank you. Um... Because Mark Twain certainly didn't drink out of cans. So I, I don't want to get too deep into the story, but there was a... There was a dorm at Mizzou it was called Mark Twain Hall. It was kind of it was kind of off the beaten path. It wasn't really near anything, and uh, I didn't know a ton of people that lived at Mark Twain. But one time I met this uh, this girl who said she lived in Mark Twain Hall, and I made a joke that said, "Oh, is it secretly called Samuel Clemens Hall?" That went. Way over her head. She did not get this joke at all. Oh, no. And uh, I think that she says just, more about Mizzou than it does about She her. just looked at me, and then I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's not, not a big deal. So Yikes. Um, I think about that story probably once a month. But, yeah, there was a lot of Mark Twain stuff going on at Mizzou. Oh, yeah. That's the area that he was at Mizzou, Mississippi, that, that whole area. Right? Yeah. I mean. Uh, I love that I just connected those two, but there's many states in between them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, there's a lot of Mark Twain shit down there. There's also, um, I, I did a lot of work on Edgar Allan Poe yeah. uh, poetry back in the day. Obviously, uh, he was famous was he, for being from Baltimore. But was he well-adjusted and just like a dark son oh, of a bitch? No. Is he like an Anthony Jeselnik or he had problems? No, no, he had plenty of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Died very young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think there, I think you've got a point there. Henry David Thoreau, literally like Walden's there. He was fed up with people. They just he hated people, so he went yeah. into the woods. That's where Walden yeah. sprung from. I remember uh, when my sister graduated from Michigan. She was an English major. Yeah, and so was I. Part of the part of the graduation ceremony was passive aggressive commentary from other English professors being like. Don't say this degree was a waste of money. And I was like, this is a weird tone for this 
graduation. Listen, ceremony. it wasn't like a waste of money any more than any other liberal arts degree is. I'll go in on it. I don't care. You know what happened? I'll tell you right now the story. Let's hear it. Senior year, summer, I'm sitting there and we have our we have our house because we're ready to go. Before maybe like a week before classes, yeah. I get a call from a seven three four number. I pick it up because I'm not jaded and I haven't been called by a million scammers at this point. Sure. I pick it up and someone introduces themselves. I don't remember her name, but she goes, I'm your academic advisor. We haven't met yet. And I go, Oh, okay. By the way, I'm drinking on the porch with my buddies. We're two sheets to the wind. She goes, you haven't declared a major. And I go, oh, well, we should take care of that. And she goes, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I said, great. Well, I feel like I've been taking a lot of classes. I'm probably close to some. And she goes, you're close to about seven. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, let's just pick one of those. And so she lays them out for me. I go, okay, I, uh, let's, let's, do, uh, let's do biology. And she goes, okay, yeah, so you'll take uh, 15, 15, and then you'll have to go an extra semester. I said, I can't go an extra semester. The next one was, I think, like uh, econ or something like that. And she goes, okay, so that'll be, you know, 15, 15, you'll go an extra. I said, hang on, I can't go an extra semester. What can we do here? And she goes, okay, this is a problem now. I said, tell me what the absolute lowest required amount of credits is to graduate with a major. And she said, it's English, 22 credits. I said, that's perfect. We'll do that. So... I'm sorry for the passive-aggressive statements, but it's yeah. not inaccurate. Well, again, it was just an observation I made. Now, how many times have you seen Dead Poets Society? This is the real question. Three. Yeah. This is the English teacher's wet dream, this whole it's movie. the English major's wet dream, man. It's a, yeah. good, it's a good movie. Seize the day, boys. Ironically, Robin Williams, we know what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, another genius there. And there was, a, there was a child suicide in that movie. Not a child. He was 16 years old. Still. <laughs> he was Still only 16 years old. Out. <laughs> Still, it's, it's so funny. I was sitting there and Maura asked me to do uh, Michael Caine. And I was just like, I started, I was like, that's not it. That's not it. And so I like very quietly said, she was only 16 years old. And she goes, excuse me, what did you just say to get into that? <laughs> I was like. I can't explain it. I don't know why, but that's don't what question does it. my methods. <laughs> so that's what gets me there. Yeah. We haven't talked at all about this beer. I've had it out of the glass. It's delightful. I'm still loving it. It's smooth. Yeah. It's easy. Exactly as I mentioned before, what you would hope a death is. And quite frankly, I would like to compare this to a piece of literature because we've never done that before, Tom. Well, I, I would love for you to start because do you have something in mind? I don't have anything in mind, so I'm going to walk through my major, right? So let's talk about yeah. some of the things. At one point, I, I left myself to read 12 books in a span of 28 hours, and it did not go well. Um, but It sounds miserable. Yeah, I fell asleep and then woke up like 200 pages in. I'm like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, The Human Stain, probably not. That's really tough, but very good. Highly rec- recommend it. Um, pretty much anything that's American revolutionary time is really tough. I would say Civil War time is really tough, too. They're engaging, but it's just there's a lot of death and a lot of yeah. you know dispersion among family. Uh, so I would – also there's some of the modern stuff. The Like I, I read Alison Bechdel's um, Fun House, 
which was just not really my style. It, it was more a graphic novel, which is not for me. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure I'm going to go there because none of that was particularly easy. What was very, very easy is one that I ended up reading in high school. The Natural. Oh, uh, based on the, the... The movie's based on the book, I imagine. Yes, yeah. by Bernard Malamud. And that was I've seen one, the movie. That was the only one that I've ever been told by a teacher, you're too far, you have to stop. I was done the day after he gave it to me. That was fantastic. We're talking Vonnegut. Vonnegut's a little weird, right? This to yeah. me, this beer right here is the natural, not the movie. The book. Because the movie, spoiler alert, has a happy ending. Yes, I did know about this nuance, which is a very classic Hollywood thing to do. Uh, I'm going to go with a book that I'm pretty sure a lot of our audience has never heard of, but it's the best novel I've read in like the last five or six years. And I'll be transparent. I don't read a ton of novels anymore. I'm more of a nonfiction I guy. I, I'm, but I'm a long-form guy. I love it's long-form a, it's a It's a book. It's called The Hike. It's written oh, by Drew um, Madgery. Okay, The Hike. No, I, I'm thinking of something else. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so this book, uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's a great book. I, I'll lend it to you. But um, it's about a guy who goes on a hike that goes askew. And it turns into an existential journey that literally spans like hundreds of, of years. And I don't want to say too much more, but it is just a very like, it's a transfixing book in the sense that it it covers a lot of genres. It's funny. It's, it's certainly intense and it's filled with tropes. I, I compare it to like, it's kind of like the modern day Odyssey because he keeps going through parts of the journey that just never end and the odyssey is one of my favorite stories ever I'm, i was a big greek mythology fan oh love greek mythology yeah love so that. um you know this beer kind of reminds me of that because it's got it's got a dark name but it's pretty light and refreshing it's easy going and i feel like i'm getting a rich experience out of it and that, that's where i think that's where i think this plays very well with our whole educational thesis here yeah is that this is a very very colorful and full experience for a beer that i think traditionally i know that when we were doing early early on what were we talking about when we were running some practices here and we were running through pilsners it was it was a lot of like, there's nothing there. And I think yeah. part of that is us developing the palate. But also, part of it is OIB doing a really great job with all of these hops and mixing yeah. them, making it floral. It's delicious. It's easy to get through. But it's powerful. And it sticks with you, much like the way The Natural did for me. Yeah. Yeah. And without getting too uh, out of my depth, I think that a rewarding piece of literature can have the same effect on you. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure that you don't come to this show for hot American literature takes, but, hey, you got quite a few of them in this episode. Yeah, so. we really went for it. And uh, you know what? You're looking at OIB, the can. You're looking at the art. You're looking at Till Death. And you're thinking, unfortunately, you're thinking some of this American lit. Yeah. It's good stuff. 
And bones. I mean, let's not forget about bones, that. Bones, bones, right. bones, 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 bones. Yeah. All right, so what kind of score are we giving this one? I'm ready to give this a pretty high score, truthfully. But I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, I, uh, you know, we've done Pilsners on the show, and our opinion on them is well established. I think this is one of the better ones we've done. I, I'm i going to settle on giving it a 3.75. This has been an enjoyable beer. I would definitely have it again. You could have plenty of these. And if this was the last beer I ever had, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. The crushability factor is indeed very high. Extremely crushable, very no high. doubt. Especially for a beer that's literally got death in the name. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Though I should have, because it's a Pilsner. I, we can't say enough about OIB. The pivot, what they've done, what they've overcome at this point. Right. Uh, where they are. They have excellent food there. Um, great place if you're in chicago you get a chance to be out there highly highly recommend going this is just one of a number of beers we could probably just do a podcast on old irving brewing and be fine for at least a season they've got a lot of really great stuff but this is a standout pilsner for me this is really fantastic i love the conversation at stoked It's very different from anything that we've had just like this is very different from most pilsners we've had very rich experience um i'm ready to go ahead and give this a 4.25 out of 5 vences okay that's pretty high for a pilsner for just anything it's the highest i think i've ever gone and the highest i think i ever will go are you sure this doesn't have a hint of uh fruit in this I'm sure, weirdly. I yeah. wish it did. <laughs> yeah, and I can't wait for all the uh, English majors to come out and just rip me to shreds for some of my opinions so far. Oh, but. well, you didn't declare yourself as an English major. I'm going to get smacked around. I promise you yeah. that. This is a this is an unforgiving genre. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's right. I, I, I think if we tag this one as English major... We might get the most negative press we've ever gotten for an episode. Yeah. At the same time, if if we want to get into a fist fight, I'm, I'm prepared. Because that's not a major I'm worried about. hey Maybe if it was uh, business finance, I'd be shaking in my boots a bit. But Fair enough. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, regardless of your major uh, in the past, please subscribe, rate, and review <laughs> us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, or perhaps some obscure... What's a, is it Goodreads? Good... <laughs> Should we start a Goodreads? <laughs> Letterbox? Yeah. Letterbox. Yeah. Dude, some of those are great. I know. Um, but until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers. We have clear eyes, full hands, full cans. Must book booze. desk so that you can get a new perspective. Well, that was too much. Flubber! <laughs> okay.